As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? And welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is Friday, August 24th, which means we are just four days away from NBA training camp and also 10 days away before our very first preseason game. Orlando Magic basketball is just about back. Al, how excited are we? What's going on, man? It's uh We've been waiting for this, counting the days down. We're almost there. Almost, man. We're excited. We got media day coming around on Monday, um, and then we jump right into training camp. And uh, in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about some ESPN projections that came out. Um, We're going to talk about a former Magic player that just signed a $92 million contract. Um, And then also talk about our rookie Suggs working out with Damian Lillard during the offseason, what that means. But before we get into all that good stuff. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it kind of went viral across different social media platforms, but Jermaine Cole, Jermaine was working out with the Orlando magic. Uh, what does that mean? Like J Cole working out with the practice. Is that, is that, are we, are we doing a favor? Are we like, what, what does that mean to you now? Obviously just to get kind of give a little context behind it. J Cole is performing at the Amway center this Saturday. I have tickets. I'll be there. Super excited. I haven't missed a J. Cole concert in about 10 years. But the fact that we have my favorite team, my favorite artist, at the same time, same week, right before training camp, is this a big deal? Is this just a cool moment? Like, what do you what do you take from you know J. Cole being on the on the practice court with the team? I think it's definitely a cool moment. Um, not sure if you got a chance to listen to Ter- Terrence Ross podcast. Uh, the new episode came out today. And he talked, he went in depth about it, how it happened, and kind of how surprised the team was. They were not expecting him to be there. Um, so it was a surprise not only to us as fans, but also to the players to see him there. Um, so that was, I mean, it's a cool moment. I'm not sure if Jay Cole reached out to the Magic about playing. I know we know he likes to play basketball, so we don't know how that went. But it could have also been the Magic. So, hey, you're in town. We we would love for the young guys to to play some basketball with you. We don't know. But either way, it's a definitely definitely a cool story. And uh, when I first saw it on Twitter, I right away tagged you with some exclamation points because I know how excited you would be to see Jay Cole guy. and the Orlando Magic uh, on the same uh, on the same basketball court. So that was really, really fun to see. Yeah, he's probably one of the only artists that I can really remember or, you know, first one to come to mind that really has a really big major like basketball influence and just his music in general. 
Um, so the fact that he's kind of living this this basketball dream of his, because a lot of his music he talks about trying to make it into league and all this stuff. You know, he just recently played professional basketball for the for the league out in Africa. Um, so the fact that he's you know he got invited to an NBA practice, like that's awesome that's on on every metric, um, and, and just from a marketing standpoint. You know, for a moment, everyone's talking about the Orlando Magic. You have one of the best artists out right now on the practice court practicing with the squad. Um, so that was really neat to see. And then some of the clips and the highlights that we saw, you know, Jalen Suggs was kind of putting the clamps on on J. Cole a little bit. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of pictures of of him and, and Cole Anthony. And they kind of have that connection because they've they've done something similar um at the university of north carolina where he, he got to practice with that team a while back uh, so cole anthony's already familiar with j cole a little bit but i think all in all man that's that's great it's great marketing like i would love to hear like exactly how it happened like who was the mastermind behind you know in, in the orlando magic organization to to make that happen and one think that's a good idea uh, and two and this is just positive impact for the team in in general it, when, when you when you talk about the Orlando Magic and how people perceive the franchise on the outside, they don't perceive the magic the same way that us as fans do. Um, and you know, this kind of changed the the perspective, at least not change it fully, but at least gear it to the right direction. No, for sure. I mean, like, like you mentioned, one of the best artists out there right now. Um, all the attention was on us yesterday. I mean, ESPN, I, I bleach a report, everyone's kind of talking about it. So for a moment, the Magic were kind of dominating that the headlines around the NBA. When does that really happen? Uh, last time I think that could happen was when we draft the Suggs, right? Like the surprise behind it. Um, so for this to come out again a week before training camp, dead season in the NBA. Uh, and the, again, the young players were thrilled again and excited to play some basketball with him. Um, and by all accounts, he he hung in there. He, he did a good job uh, with his role with the Magic, whatever it was, passing the ball, kind of hang, hanging in the court with the team. Uh, so again, Terrence Ross gave some feedback on that. So um, it's great to see, and I hope, again, the Magic continue. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw, they extended an invitation formally to Adam Sandler <laughs> to join the team Did now. they really, though? Did they really? They did, I, they saw did. On, I saw on social media, but did they really? They did. Uh, J, they did. J. Cole, I, J. Cole, I understand, because he at least has you know a basketball background. You know, Technically, he was a professional basketball player. He signed a professional contract for Africa. Technically, he's a pro baller. Technically. Um, Adam Sandler, he's you know, Ellie Finn is legend. I think they're just riding the wave, you know, like they got the, the attention right now. Hey, let's keep but it going. That's, but that's marketing, <laughs> man. That's it like, is. listen, uh, the, the magic social media team has improved so much the past couple of years. Like that's if right. you follow the Orlando magic on social media, primarily on Twitter, like they do such an amazing job. It's entertaining, like on all different aspects. Um, so I, I think, I think all in all, it's it's good for the team. It's it's good for the environment. It's good for the marketing. It's good in all different counts. Now, it begs the question now, if you are able to play basketball with one celebrity, one that's not in the NBA, can't be an NBA player, but one celebrity, who would be that one person that you would, pay, that you would play ball with? Mm, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Will Smith. Oh, that's a good one. Guy can play ball. He grew up playing basketball. Uh, yeah, the Fresh Prince, man. And it's a fun guy, I think, to talk to and just have fun on the court. He's a funny guy, uh, but you can tell he's competitive, too. So I think it'll be a fun matchup between fun moments and having fun and also getting into it. So I think that'll be my guy. 
How about yeah, you? I, would, I would do Barack Obama. Ooh. Still has a little bit of that basketball background. I've seen him play. Like I've seen highlights. Pretty confident that I could take him. So the fact <laughs> that I can beat the former president is, is pretty cool. Um, and then I would probably like take a picture and and post it and you know put a little quote that says I don't want no picture of the president. I just want to talk to the man. <laughs> J Cole reference for my J Cole listeners. Um, hey, that's a good one. Yeah, right, right. And then bring them all back so that they can practice with with the team. There you go. I mean, again, <laughs> I've seen Barack's jump shot, and I wasn't impressed. So if I had to put money on that game, I'll put money on you. I've seen you play. I've seen you play competitive basketball. So uh, just don't get hurt, because last time you play competitive with me, you got hurt like two minutes into it. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that you brought it up, now we got to talk about it, Al, because I have to provide context. So I thought it would be an amazing idea to join Al, because Al is a lot older than I am. Are you a lot older than I am? We're the same age? What? 32. Damn, we are the same age. Okay, so I can't use that as an excuse. <laughs> but I ended up for the very first time in my life signed up for a 30 and over league. Right? I thought that this was perfect because I'm not as athletic as I used to be. Um, I, I'm thinking that I'm playing with the with the same level of, of talent in a sense where people will get tired just as fast as I get tired. Like, you know, couch players. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. Um, so we ended up playing what? basketball and at, at one of one of the courts out in the downtown area about a week prior and i think we played for like two hours straight and prior to that i think i played basketball like maybe six seven eight months prior to that <laughs> and overdid it overdid it like pain all over the arc of my foot so we get into the game and literally a minute and a half two minutes into the game completely ruptured the tendon on the bottom of my foot and there went our season our starting point guard Done. Done. Gone. Gone. Had to get yeah. carried off the court. Not one of my shining moments. No. Did I it score? Reminds of, At least score it reminds me of. I think I scored I think, a point. I think, I, think I, I scored a, a basket. A, point. a free throw. I think I got a free throw. There you go. Injured. Injured still made it happen. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 not talk about my injuries anymore, man. You're going to make me depressed. I still haven't played <laughs> basketball since. All right. So uh, some news that came out. JJ, JJ Redick retires from the NBA. JJ Redick would you say yeah major impacts for the orlando magic played a solid seven years with the magic probably as long as tenured um out of all the different teams that he's played with <clears throat> second followed by the clippers how do you feel about him retiring i felt i thought that you know this is you know shooters are going to shoot so i thought jj reddick can at least extend that out for another two three years I thought so too, especially after the years that he had with the, with Philadelphia. Like he was playing such high level basketball, shooting the ball extremely well. Um, and then the last few years, unfortunately, he wasn't quite the same. Um, I know for a while he's been wanting to play in the in the Northeast. That's where his family is in Brooklyn, um, and that really quite didn't happen um, for whatever reason. Ended up being Philly, then ended up being New Orleans, and then Dallas. Um, so I think just family life got to him. He wanted to spend more time with his family, um, but. Me again, the Stephen Curry fan in me. Always wanted to see Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and JJ Redick play together. This guy. Hey, listen, that would have been amazing as to if, see. As if, as if the Golden State Warriors don't have enough shooters. I know they were interested, and it seems like he decided to retire instead. Which again, the app, I'm upset about that. But good, good for him. Bringing it back to the Magic, I always wanted him back, especially those years when we were competitive, 2019, 2020. We need a shooter so bad. I'm like, hey, I think this is a guy that wouldn't mind coming back to Orlando. He had, again, a good history with us. Let's bring him back as that vet off the bench with Terrence Ross. Just light out, shoot the ball. That's all you need to do. 
Um, I think, unfortunately, I think he would have been a really good vet to have around the guys. Yeah. I think he would have been a really, really good vet. It sucks that the Pelicans messed up his playoff streak. You know, he's talking about how every single season he's made it to the playoffs and he's expecting the same thing, the same thing and continue with, with New Orleans. And he gets to New Orleans and, you know, they're winning his streak. Yeah, the it's funny tough, part man. is the funny part is that same year, I believe, is when the Magic made the playoffs in, in 1920, um, our first playoff back uh, after so many years of missing it. So, again, adding a guy like J.J. Redick, I think he would have been happy uh, making the playoffs with us. Um, but, I mean, he's a guy that it's going to go down in history. It's one of the best shooters that we've ever had in our roster. Um, but not only that, his resiliency to, 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 ha- to struggle so bad early in his career with the Magic and then become a key component, a key player. Um, in those years with the, the 09 team, uh, with the 2010 team almost making the finals again. Um, it, again, it's unfortunate the way the things ended for him with the Magic, but uh, again, he will go down in, in Magic history as, as, again, one of the best shooters to ever wear a Magic uniform. Yeah, I think I think that when he when he does reflect and talk about the Orlando Magic, he does speak positive in, in some light. Um, at the same time, it you you wonder because. You know, the the Magic did well with J.J. Redick, also did well with Ryan Anderson. And those are two players that, you know, they were really, really close. And they they had conversations about coming back to Orlando. Um, but I, I think that legitimately, you know, it would have been really nice to see J.J. back here. And, and just the amount of influence that he would have with the young players and how he talked so highly about Markel Fultz. I thought that that would have been a really, really perfect um scenario and vet to have around the team especially with Markel specifically because he talks about <clears throat> when he had Markel Fultz on on his podcast he talked about how you know you know he stood up for Markel and really looked out for him so I, I think from that aspect you know it would have been really really neat to have to have him back and have that connection to see Markel in a positive light positive environment on a day-to-day basis yeah okay I think he'll be missed again you, you always miss great shooters in this game wh- whoever they are um, so we'll miss watching him out there competing. And he was a great competitor too. He he wanted to win, like you mentioned. He had a passion for making the playoffs. That was his thing. Um, so again, wishing him the best. Uh, but again, thank you for the memories. He had a lot of memories that we enjoyed as Magic fans. Yeah, and what he's 30, 35, 36, 37, around that age. So in his in his late 30s. And you know, if you if you got a chance to listen to the video of his announcement of, of his retirement. You know, he got to talk about how now he's he's he can be a day to day dad. Um, and I think that when it comes to um, these players that spend so much time traveling and they're they're deep into their career, you know, they miss out on a lot of those things that are, are really, really important. So the fact that now he has the opportunity and he's able to, you know, it's not like an injury uh, kicked him out of the league or nobody wanted him. That dude could sign a contract right now if he wanted to. The fact that he's doing it on his terms and he's deciding that, you know, this is this is my time, is now is my time to be a father. Um, you know, it speaks volumes of of the character that that JJ Reddy has. And and you know, I'm I'm sure that now he's gonna be able to really enjoy and not miss any of those moments. And who knows, maybe we'll see uh JJ Reddick Jr. um back in the league, you know, shooting lights out at Duke and you know making it back here. There we go. That'll be fun to see him. I know he has a couple of boys, I believe. So I think uh, we, we have a good shot at seeing one of them in the, in yeah, the, got, in the future. Yeah, you got a couple. You got a couple yeah. for sure. <clears throat> All right. So Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs just um, was doing a podcast with Road Tripping with with uh, Richard Jefferson and and um, and Channing Fry. Fry. Oh, 
You know, I almost said Channing Tatum. That is terrible. <laughs> Channing Fry. Yes. Um, this interview was interesting. It was really, really interesting. The reason why I say that is because you know, RJ, he's a he's a character. Both of them um are characters, Channing Fry and RJ. The way that they you know communicate with each other is is actually you know pretty entertaining. Um, however, I didn't find this episode entertaining at all. This this was like the most awkward Orlando Magic interview I've ever seen. Um, where you know the you got you got a rookie like this dude just got to the league hasn't played his first real NBA game for the team, and it just felt as if this whole entire interview was him taking shots of the Orlando Magic, and also kind of if I felt like they were a little broing Jalen Suggs like. They're trying to teach him about the aspects of the game and and give him tricks and tips and advice. And when I was in the NBA, I did this, this, and that. And you're gonna love this person. Like it was a lot of it was a lot of that. I feel like they didn't really give Jalen Suggs the opportunity to really to really talk. They did a majority of the talking. Um, but during that interview, you know, Jalen Suggs dropped a, a little golden nugget saying this past offseason, um, he actually got time to to meet. Damian Lillard out in Portland and and work out with him. What are your thoughts on Jalen Suggs getting that experience to to work out with a player um, of Damian Lillard's caliber? Man, so so taking it back a little bit, one of the things to know is that Jalen Suggs has said multiple times now that he admires Dame. Right, like he's a player that he looks up to, one of his favorite players to watch in the NBA. And apparently, based on what I heard in the interview, one of the new assistant coaches with the Magic used to coach in Portland knows Dame really well. So he kind of set it up for him, that little private session of working out um, with Dame. So number one, that's really cool for the Magic to do. That's now two good things in the media that we've heard about the Magic and, and this new approach I have with this new staff. So the J. Cole, of course, and now a coach of the Magic helping their new rookie uh, basically make a dream they had a reality, work out with his favorite player. Um, the fan in me, of course, is static about this. I mean, how can you not? You, we want Jalen Suggs to be that next Dame, that next great point guard in this league, and to learn from the best. So to have that opportunity to go out there and learn from him, pick his brain a little bit, get some advice. So what to expect in this league? I mean, that you can put a price on that. So defending me is thrilled about hearing that he spent some time with with Dame, and again, pick his brain a little bit. He also mentioned that you know. Uh, maybe 30 and 30 minutes of it was more physical where they were like taking shots, but a majority of him, he said that he spent what about maybe two, two and a half hours with, with Dame was really more talking through the game and talking about different situations and how he handles and some of his day to day. Um, I, I think that when you have opportunities like that, it can mean everything. It can mean nothing. Right. Um, an example, you know, Mo Bamba, when, when he got drafted to Orlando, um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, some of some of that workout with Kevin Garnett. So people were really expecting that we were going to have Kevin Garnett, which I think is really unfair to Mo Bamba because you can't. Yeah. Kevin Garnett was a was a different animal. Um, so I, I look at it objectively to where it's great that they that, you know, he had that opportunity. Um, but Jalen Suggs is not going to be Damian Lillard. Jalen Suggs is going to be Jalen Suggs. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you can have someone like that in your corner to where you can really reach out to, if you have questions, reach uh, if if he pays attention, like just imagine how crazy that first game against Damian Lillard is going to be where he's like has to guard this dude. And and if if we're able to at least get like 25 percent 
like if Jalen Suggs can be at least 25% of Damian Lillard, that's a baller. Like that's Damian Lillard is that good. Like oh, it's yeah. that good. Um, so any any type of knowledge, anything that can brush off, you really hope that you know it, it triggers something in in Jalen Suggs where he can really take that and and run off with it. Yeah, and for me, it's more the offensive side of things. Again, Dame is a one of the best scores in this league. So if he taught anything to Jalen Suggs about the offensive side of things and what to read, what to look for, that's huge. Because again, Dame is a baller. Um, so again, little things like that can make a big difference. I mean, Jalen Suggs is a rookie. He'll go through a lot of ups and downs. But like you mentioned, having him on his cell phone, a quick text message, a quick phone call, just pick his brain. When he's struggling out there, it'll be huge. Yeah. Um, now, when when you hear about, you know, and kind of rewinding it back a little bit about comments that were made from Richard Jefferson and, and Channing Fry, uh, and granted, if you haven't listened to the interview, it's not like they were like, it wasn't anything major. It's not like our feelings are hurt or anything, but it's just like little subtle jabs that they kept like dishing out. Um, an example was, you know, the, the you know, they asked Jen the Suggs and this isn't quoted verbatim. So um uh, i'll say it lightly but you said something about like how does it feel to know that you know when you when you play in the orlando magic arena that you'll be able to know all your fans by name insinuating that the orlando magic don't have fans and talking about how you know what is there to do chanting chanting fry um was talking about how you know he really didn't like his time in orlando talked about what would you do outside of orlando you know, he gave him the advice of do anything, but just make sure that you don't go to Rockwell's Tacos all the time. Like little <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Um, when you hear, when you hear like these guys talking to a brand new rookie that literally is still living in a hotel, does that bother you a little bit that they're kind of throwing these little things at, um, at your rookie, like kind of filling filling the rookie up with with like negative noise. I mean, it does. I'm not going to lie again. I, I live in Orlando. I, again, I love the Orlando Magic. It's my team. So to hear these things, it's like, all right, what's the point? Like, again, you're interviewing a rookie. It's the first time that he's with you on the podcast. My thing is, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what the need was to go in those, in those conversations. Um, like one thing for me was Jalen Sox started talking about like, hey, you know, coming to the season, if, if we are on a winning streak and we are fighting for a seventh seed or the playing tournament, and RJ interrupted him and said, hey, listen, stop. And he's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to, I want to be respectful, but you guys are not good enough to be there. To me, that's, that is disrespectful. Like, this is a rookie that comes into the league. He's competitive. He wants to win. We know that about Jalen Sucks already. And highly optimistic. Exactly. And not for nothing, man. I mean, the NBA is a game that you have to go out there and play every single day. We know as fans, we're not going to be, again, in the playoffs, probably top seven seed. We know that. But you can't go into the season thinking our team is young. We're not going to compete. The season's already over. Like, you can't go. It's, it's not normal, right? And RJ should know that. Channing Fresh should know that. So that, to me, was really the most annoying part of the interview. Like, let this kid have a goal. Let him let him have the ambitions to go out there and shock the world. You never know. Injuries can happen. We, we saw what happened to the Magic last year. You don't know what's going to happen in the league. Um, and then, like you said, there was plenty of jabs at Orlando. Again, the whole, you'll know your fans by name. As a tourist destination, when the Lakers come to town, it'll be mostly Lakers fans. We know that. Jalen probably has heard about that. It's just, again, not the way to approach that conversation. You want to do it off air? Cool. Let Prep him for that. That's fine. But it felt like they were attacking the city of Orlando quite a bit and bashing the Orlando Magic quite a bit. Um, it, it felt awkward at times. You could tell that Jalen Suggs was smiling and kind of like, 
Sure. Like, like, what can you say to that? Yeah, it, it was it was a different type of interview, one that I haven't really seen like that. And they they made it, you know, precedence that you know it's it's not like a normal interview that this is really just them having a conversation. So an example was they had asked him a question. He was giving a very political. Uh, response and Richard Jefferson kind of stalled him halfway and was like, "Oh my God, so boring! Like, give me, like, tell me that you're going to be Rookie of the Year. Like, don't, don't treat this like a regular interview." So it's entertaining in in that regards. I just, I really didn't like the subtle shots. I really yeah. didn't like it. They literally had nothing positive to say about the Orlando Magic other than the fact that you know they he had a really Richard Jefferson had a really close relationship with one of the coaches, one of our assistant coaches. Um, and also had a good relationship with with Mosley. So he was he was excited that um, that Jalen Suggs was going to be able to that he believes would really thrive under under Mosley. And I will say that that's that's a good part of the interview. They did give him a lot of good feedback about the NBA, how to handle, you know, a losing streak, all these things. Like you mentioned, it was kind of a weird interview, giving him a lot of advice. But by far, one of the interviews where I've seen the Magic coaching staff get the most props from the head coach, Mosley to the assistants. They were thrilled that Suggs was going to have a chance to work with this staff. Had nothing but good things to say about that. So there were some positive things that came out of it, but the shots at the city and the shots at the team itself, I think, were louder than that positive feedback about the coaching staff. Yeah, I agree. And maybe maybe we're just looking too deep into it. Maybe we're just being more offended than, than we really should be. But definitely let us know in the YouTube comments or send us a DM. Tell us your thoughts on, on, on the interview. But I wasn't crazy about it. I would have been okay without it. Um, but what do you what else do you expect man they're they're from espn what do you expect all right what like what more could you possibly espn never says anything nice about the orlando magic other than the fact that you know disney owns you guys and disney's our sponsor <laughs> that's funny you say that because that's the first thing that came to mind to me it's like rj's an espn guy i'm like what do they do with all rookies when they go to a small team <clears throat> the first thing is, oh, Sion, he wants to leave the Pelicans and the Knicks want him and the Lakers want him. And like, come on, man. Like, it's the same story every single day. Like, let these young guys, again, get a get a grip of, of what they got, learn the ropes, learn their cities, and play some basketball, man. Like, look at Janice. Janice, again, we've heard it from before. Oh, he's leaving. He's ne- not going to resign in Milwaukee. He's they, want, they want that man to leave Milwaukee so bad. Badly. And here so we go. Bad. He so won bad. a ring. It's not happening. Yeah, he won a ring. He's got his money. There you go. So I'm I'm so happy when I see stories like that because I'm so annoyed again at this mass media just wanting to always have this narrative about the big cities and the big teams. Yeah. It's, now it's I'm boring. I'm interested because they just re like their their episode before Jalen Suggs, they had Evan Mobley on. So I, I think I might go back and listen to that podcast to see if, you know, maybe in that episode, because I mean, if we're talking bad about the Orlando Magic, <laughs> like what what are we saying about the Cleveland Cavaliers? Like, what are we really saying about the Cavs? If we're if we're taking shots here, then make sure that we're sending the shots like everywhere. Like, are we are we treating you know Evan Mobley and because I, I I feel like the Orlando Magic just get picked on so much. They do so. No, much. But that's a good point though. But then again, RJ won a ring in Cleveland. That's LeBron's team city. Ah, uh, yeah. So, nah. Is he gonna go at it? I'm not sure. We gotta watch it. But who knows? Because <clears throat> since they have the experience with that franchise, you know, maybe, yeah, you're, you're probably right. They probably won't say anything bad about the Cleveland. LeBron will call them in a minute. Shut down the YouTube channel. <laughs> Don't piss off the boss. All right. So with that being said, the ESPN uh, personalities taking shots at the Orlando magic. 
and it gets worse. So ESPN projects and Magic will be the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Not even just the Eastern Conference. They think the Orlando Magic are going to be the worst team in the NBA. Like the worst. We are going to have the worst record. Is that is that are we are we just that biased? Are we so biased that we don't believe that? Like there's no way that the fans of this team are literally the only ones that believe that the Magic could not I'm listen, listen. I'm I'm being realistic. I'm not I do not have expectations for the Magic to make the playoffs. I don't have the expectations. If it happens, exceeding my expectations, right? I believe, and this is me maybe being too optimistic, that the Magic will make noise in the playing tournament. Those are my those are my personal expectations. If we don't do that, I might be a little disappointed. I'm not going to lose sleep, but I might be a little disappointed. Am I naive? Are we naive to think that we have a way better team than the last team in the NBA? I just, I'm having a hard time understanding how Yes, we lost Vooch. No, like no disregard there. That's a big loss for our team. I understand that. But we are gaining back JI. We are gaining back Markel Falls, a top five pick. I'm having a hard time understanding how what we lost last year makes us that much worse. Like Aaron Gordon was a 10 points, seven rebounds, two assists a night. Good defender. But I think Chumal Kiki can put up those numbers in Orlando. Evan Fournier, big loss too. But can Harris, Terrence Ross, Jalen Suggs make up for that for that for that loss? Now the Vooch one against a huge void, but will that drop us so much in the standings that we're going to be a bottom of the East or or a bottom team in the NBA? I'm like you, I, I don't I don't see it. Do I expect us to be a top seven team in the NBA, top six? No, the uh, in the East, no. We we again the East is much better than what it used to be. But I also don't see us at the, at the end. Of the, I just don't see us being worse than teams like OKC. Teams like Houston, I man, Houston is not going to be good. Like John Wall's not playing now. Like there's a lot going on there. So, like you, I don't have expectations to make the playoffs as as a regular playoff seed. But I I am hoping the Magic will be good enough to at least compete for the playing tournament. Are they going to make it? Probably not. We don't know. A lot of bad variables go into it. But I cannot see it, man. Again, I, I'm just I've, I've tried to think about it too much. I'm like, I don't see how we're going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. What are your thoughts on it? Do you, do you can you see a world where we're the worst team in the NBA or in the East for that matter? I, I just I'm trying to compare like the Orlando Magic most recent playoff team with the team that we have now. Granted, Nikola Vucevic, all star, big body. He can really like fill up the stats, right? Evan Fournier, as much as we talk smack and, and poke fun, he's not a scrub. Aaron Gordon, as much as we talk smack, he's not a scrub either. Okay, they these are these are people that that ball out. But how much better is that team compared to the team that we have now with a healthy Markel Foles and Jonathan Isaac? I, I that team may be a lot better, but how much better are we really talking? I get it, a bunch of new players. I get it, a bunch of really young guys. I get that there's going to be some 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 learning curves. It's going to take a minute for them to figure it out. <clears throat> new coaching staff. It's not Steve Clifford, an experienced coach. I get all those different dynamics. From a talent perspective, how far off are we really? We again, I may be naive. I may be thinking that, you know, maybe we can do a little bit more. 
but I really like our players. I really do. I think that Wendell Carter is going to come out and be, we're going to look back and think, why the hell did Chicago make this move? Like, what were they thinking? Why did Denver? Why did Philly? Why did Philly trade Markel Fultz? Why? We know why, but why didn't they get more in return? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think that we're going to be a lot better than than people are already writing us off. But that's like that every year. It when is. was the last time that they project anything positive about the Orlando Magic? It's a, it's a nonstop, continuous news cycle of we don't care about the Orlando Magic. They're not going to be good. So we'll just throw them whatever at the end. That's honestly what it feels now, like. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What if that plays out and the Magic are the worst team in the East and we'll go back to the same thing that we went through this past few months, the lottery, the draft, top three pick possibly. Would that excite you? Like being in that in that level again with all these young players? Or are you at a point that you're like, I'm tired of playing the draft game. I want us to go after either a good free agent or a good talented player and take us to the next level. Let, let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. All right. The NBA draft, the lottery, that was exciting. For a fan, that was exciting. We're tuning in. We're watching it live. We're reacting. Like, that's exciting. NBA draft, getting a high pick, that's exciting. I still remember, like, the chills that went through my body from, like, finding out that we drafted sucks. <clears throat> that might have been the chills from being really excited. That also <laughs> might have been the chills from the COVID that we ended up getting from attending. <laughs> okay? It might have been one of the two. Um, but those things are exciting at the same time. There has to come to a point where we start reaping the benefits of these young players. We have so many, we want them to develop. We want them to start playing. Well, if you don't want any of these players, if you're, if you're looking forward to making it back into the NBA draft, a high lottery pick, then that means that the coaching staff failed in developing their players to get them to play well. And I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm not, I, listen, 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 let's, let's take it back a little bit. I'm 33 years old. I'm about to be 33 years old. You're telling me that we're not going to be nice until I'm in my forties, <laughs> like in my forties, like I, my daughter is about to turn one years old, like in next week, is she going to grow up like her first 10 years of life? The magic sucking. Like th- these are <laughs> Pivotal, uh, pivotal moments like these are moments where you become a fan. It can't just right. be because you know daddy likes the Orlando Magic, so I gotta like them too. Yeah, that's a part of it. You gotta be good, also. Like as a kid myself, <clears throat> my dad watched the Orlando Magic, and I watched it because of my dad. But you know what? They also made it to the NBA Finals. They had Shaq and Penny. There you go. Like those, those are those are moments that really like tie it in and. You know, I, I don't I don't want the magic to continue the cycle of sucking draft, sucking draft, sucking draft, because that that's not really the the goal. The goal is to be able to to really get a team together to really be able to develop and grow and create the word that they don't like talking about, which is which is a culture. Teams, players, people outside of Orlando, they don't respect the Orlando magic. It needs to come to a point where people look at the Orlando Magic logo, they look at the name, and they start respecting the team again. I agree. No, you said you said it best. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna reply back to that. But one thing I will add to that is, like you mentioned, 
there's got to be a point where you stop playing the draft game. You already have a, a lot of young assets. You have future draft picks coming in. And then again, we also witnessed this year, the lottery can be tricky. You can be one of the worst teams and still end up with a fifth pick. Like, it, it, there's so much that goes into it. Um, so that's why I'm sick and tired of, like, the whole tanking conversation. I mean, I was a fan over last year. Don't get me wrong. I, and I'm glad it paid off. Thankfully, sucks dropped to us. But I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to be rooting for this team to lose in February, in March. I want to go to games hoping for wins and hoping that team will be competitive. And then whatever happens, happens. But, like you said, I want to see this team building from here, not through the draft. But, hey, let's acquire pieces that fit what we have built. Um, so we'll see. It's kind of early to talk about that. But it just, again, this I don't understand the, the, the thinking that the Magic will be one of the worst teams in the NBA. I don't, I don't see it. It, and maybe maybe we're completely wrong. Maybe we're biased. Maybe we're we're naive, and they know something that we don't. Maybe, but I th- I think that we're going to be better than they expect. Way I better so than too. what they're expecting. Now, with that being said, let's say hypothetically, let's say that we didn't trade away our guys. Let's say that we kept everyone. Didn't make the trades that we made in the trade in the 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 trade the. Trade deadline. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Gordon signs a $92 million contract with the Denver Nuggets. What the, like, what did you think? Like, are you glad? Are you happy? Do you think it's well-deserved? Like, what are your thoughts? Could you imagine a world where the Orlando Magic gave Aaron Gordon a $92 million contract? Not at all. Not at all. And any any ESPN analyst that has discussed this or any podcast that I've listened to about this conversation, their thinking is the Nuggets had to do this. They gave up quite a bit to get him. They couldn't afford to lose him in free agency. So they had to lock him up. That's the reasoning behind it. If he was in a Magic uniform still, there's no way. I think you would have seen a full ramp on trading atmosphere around Gordon yet again and pushing for a trade because... Again, he wasn't fitting in. We tried him at the three. We tried him at the four. We tried to make him him more of a playmaker. Nothing worked. And not for nothing. Go back and watch last season in Denver. He wasn't much better in a winning culture, with a winning team. He didn't do well. In the playoffs, less than 10 points a night. It wasn't pretty. So Denver had to do it. There's no way they can go ahead and say, we traded Harris, a pick, and RJ Hampton, and then end up with nothing. From an Orlando standpoint, no way we would have given him that much money. Uh, and I I had said this previously. I, I think I tweeted about it that I am happy that Aaron Gordon got his bread. Just really happy it didn't come out of our pantry. I'm glad that we didn't pay for it. Um, I think that you're right. Denver needed to make that move because Aaron Gordon could be that missing piece. Okay, they they need somebody to guard the LeBrons. They need somebody to guard the Giannis's. The, the Kevin Durant, they, they need somebody to to be that guy. And Michael Porter Jr., mm. eh. and Aaron Gordon, that's what he specializes in. Um, we, we talked about it all the time about, you know, we, we expected for him to be way more. We expected for him to be the all-star, the best player on the team. Like, we were expecting that. When in reality, that wasn't him. He, he needed, we were asking too much of him. We were asking too much of Evan Fournier. Damn near, we were asking way too much of Nikola Vucevic. Like, you know, these these guys needed support. They needed help. And we had a bunch of support help players playing together to, sell, to support and help each other. 
Like it, it just wasn't enough. So I'm, I'm glad I'm happy for him because, you know, he's made a name for himself. Like he's still making money off of his slam dunk contest. I, I still believe that because that's marketing, that's name. And that's what he's most noticed. He, that's what people know him the most for. Um, and he's, he's taking it. He's, he's running with it, man. He's, he's, you know, to make 92 million, the 92 million dollar contract. That's not, that's not plain money, man. That's, that's big boy money. And he that's definitely got his big boy contract. It's amazing. 92 million. Then with us, he signed for 8 million a few years back. So that's $160 million in a matter of less than eight years. Good for him. Good for him. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Next, we're going to get into questions heading into training camp. But before we move to the best segment, here is a quick word from our sponsor. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week one game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbooks is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has a huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot and millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, jumping back into um, uh, about the outside media that really don't respect the Orlando Magic. Like, there's too much of that going around. This one isn't from ESPN. This one's more from Sports Illustrated, where... They rank Jonathan Isaac the 95th best player in the NBA, according to Sports Illustrated. No other Magic player made it into the top 100. Is this accurate? Do you agree with that sentiment? Do you agree that one Jonathan Isaac is the 95th best player in the NBA? Do you also agree that there really isn't another best player outside of Jonathan Isaac in the top 100? So the weird thing is, so J.I. wasn't even ranked the previous season. Um, and, and understandably so, he was injured, right? So for him to be top 100, it's it's. I think honestly, it's it's good news for Magic fans. It means that whoever wrote the article, I forgot his name right now, he had high hopes or has high hopes for Ji coming back and playing well. But for the Magic to not have anybody else listed there, that's rough. So you're telling me there's another 14 guys on this team, and none of them are one of the top 100 players in the NBA. Um, again, Wendell Carter, you think about, heck, Markel Fultz coming back from injury and being healthy. See, not top 100 in the NBA. Heck, Jalen Suggs. Um, I don't know. Again, media doing media things. But in my opinion, I disagree. I think that there should be at least one or two Magic players listed. And again, I don't think it should be 95th best. Who, uh, who would you add? Who would you add in there? I think Wendell Carter is better than some of the guys that are listed in top 100. Um, really? I don't know if yeah, I, I think so. There were some names in there that I'm like, really? Um, like, for instance, Lou Williams, I think was 90 or 89th, I believe. I love Lou Williams. Amazing scorer off the bench. 
he's not the Lou Williams that he used to be. He's not anymore. Um, and there were some other interesting names in there that I'm like, I don't, again, I don't see how Wendell Carter, uh, heck, again, Jalen sucks. With the minutes he'll be getting, I think he should be in the top 100 for sure. But that's my thoughts on it. What about you? Do you, do you agree or disagree with, with that uh, assessment? Listen, I the fact that we were we at least had one, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that because that's at least consideration. They ended up putting Jonathan Isaac ahead of Tim Hardaway Jr. in front of Tyrese Halliburton, in front of Larry Nance Jr. Like, why is Larry Nance the top 100? Ivica uh, Zubak and Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson um, got the 100. All right. Who they placed in front of Jonathan was Lee Beasley. That, that deserves a, a silent moment. Derek White. <laughs> Norman Powell, Evan Fournier at 91. Is Evan Fournier a better player than Jonathan Isaac? Apparently so. We have Jay Crowder at 90, Derek Rose 89, Andrew Wiggins 88. That's your favorite player on the Warriors. Uh, Darren Jackson 87. We got Jonas Valanciunas, 86, Duncan Robinson, 85, Dylan Brooks, 84, Jared Allen, 83, Brooke Lopez, 82, Seth Curry, 81, Robert Covington, 80. All right. So just to kind of put that in perspective, it's an, inter- it's an interesting list. It, it really is. It, it, it really, really is. is because there's names that I would, I would put Terrence Ross in front of. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, I love, again, I, I, I would love to see Seth Curry wearing a Magic uniform and just shooting the lights out for us. But is he a better player, really, than a guy like Wendell Carter? Again, going back to Wendell Carter, if you were to trade straight up Curry for Wendell Carter, would you do that trade? Yeah, I mean, listen, there is a total of 529 NBA players across the NBA, registered NBA players. This was their top 100. So I I like any any top 100 list is really difficult to create. Like it it that's there's too many to like accurately put. Like when they're creating the list, you ha- you have to imagine that they're okay with being a lot of wrong. But we only got one player. That's it. That's what I'm saying. That's it. That's it. No more. Hey, hey one more would be nice. Time to go on the court and, and prove them wrong. That's all you can do at this point. All right. So moving on from the top 100, now we because we really want to just focus on our guys, right? When it comes to our sophomore players, when it comes to Okiki, Hampton, who, Co-Anthony, who do you think will have a better sophomore season? Like, who are you putting your poker chips on? If you were to bet all your money, if you were to bet your next paycheck, who would you bet your next paycheck on that will have a better sophomore or the best sophomore season? That's a tough question because I, I can see where these three guys can are going to have breakout seasons or should have breakout seasons with our team. Um, but if I, if I had to put it on one, man, it's tough. I, I, can't, I can't figure it out between Chuma or Cole. I think one of them are going to get the most minutes, number one. But number two, I think that they'll take the biggest leap. And I'm going to go with Chuma just because we don't have that many forwards. So I can see him playing more and getting more opportunities. So I'm going to go with Chuma out of those three. Really? Because when I'm looking at the list, the fact that we even have to debate it 
really goes to show how much ceiling we believe these three players have. When I'm looking at it, I I'm I would I would bail RJ Hampton. I honestly would. You we got a really small sample size. They legit did not play this man in Denver. Like nothing. They gave this man zero opportunity. And granted, they have their reasons why. And I, I get it. They're they're trying to make noise. They're trying to make a, a deep playoff push. And they didn't have time to really develop a rookie. It didn't make sense for them to do that. Right. Um, at the same time, the little bit of time that we had with RJ Hampton, this dude went off. Literally ended the season with rookie of the month. Now we go into the offseason. Now it's it's a different mindset, right? Because imagine imagine if RJ Hampton would have stayed in Denver. Man, I'm not getting that much playing time. I gotta gotta bust my ass in practice even more so than ever just to just to get five, ten minutes on the court. But now he's going into his, yo, I'm a play. I'm a I'm a bust ass and I'm a play. On top of that, this man grew. He's six foot six now. That's true. He grew. This man thinks that he's gonna keep growing until he's 22. Imagine a six foot eight RJ Hampton. Huh. I don't know. I, I like there's so much of RJ Hampton that I like that he could eat. I can easily see him becoming our best player. Maybe. Who knows? He has the potential, he has the ceiling for it. I know a lot of people are gonna hear this and be like, Oh, crazy. It's it's gotta be Jalen Suggs, but who knows? We we really don't know what we have. We got a whole lot of potential and a whole lot of ceiling. I think RJ Hampton could be that guy. Yeah, and I mean, I'm 100% with you on that too. I mean, RJ, one thing I like about him is, is his work ethic. This kid has been on the court playing and, and, and working now and getting better this offseason. I think since the season ended, like he hasn't really taken a break, I believe. Um, so for me, I can see a world where RJ is the number one out of those three for sure. Um, and then again, I just don't know his role. I'm trying to understand where he's going to play. Um, will he be a starting three? Will he be the backup to... Gary Harris at the, at the small forward. Will he be? I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out his role with the team, but he's going to get minutes. That's, that's the hard part because the front office, you know, they made the comment that they can easily see RJ Hampton playing that three. He's not a three, though. Then we can kind of look into maybe, you know, positionless basketball where it really doesn't matter who you put at the one, who you put at the two, who you put at the three, if you, if you want to run it that way. Um, but I think that. All of that will impact, you know, how well he plays. We saw that with Aaron Gordon. So that I, you're right. I think that that would be interesting. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I can think of for me that that makes me kind of wonder. Whereas a guy like Chuma or Cole, they know their roles. Like Chuma's a backup power forward, but potentially starting three. We don't know yet. And then Cole Anthony, we know for sure. So either a backup point guard or may even start if if uh, Markel's not ready yet. So that's the type of stuff that we don't know yet. Like depending on the roles they have, I think that's going to dictate. Who's going to be the one coming out on top? And, and I think that that's what makes all this exciting. Like, we have no idea what the starting line is going to be. We have no idea. Like, it, coach can go so many different ways. The fact that it's not Clifford, we really don't know, you know, the the direction. Like, we know that it's, it's, we're going to focus on development, but how much of that is really true? Like, we know that they are, but explain what that means exactly. Because development isn't just on the court; it can also be in the practice, right? Yeah. But what did, what does that mean? Like, are we are, are we developing to the point that we're definitely one hundred percent going to be starting Jalen Suggs and, and Franz Wagner? Like, is, it, is that the development direction that we're going? 
<clears throat> is Cole Anthony going to be your starting point guard? Like what what it is in that, and I think that even if we see who ends up starting during the preseason, that may not be the the starting lineup for you know the regular season. No, and that makes next week so exciting. And again, preseason normally doesn't mean much. We just are waiting for opening night. But this year it means something. Training camp means something. Preseason will mean something for sure because there's openings out there and that's battles going on at the center position, the three position, the point guard position, starting shooting guard. So there's a lot going on over the next few weeks here. Again, nothing is set in set in stone. Like we don't know who's going to be the starters as of yet. Um, so that makes it so much more fun for me and you as, as, as fans of the Magic to kind of see how things will play out. I, why is none of this documented? Like, why are we not watching like a, a full-on documentary of of training camp? Like, why is that not a focus? Because this is going to be it. This has to be like one of the most competitive training camps I can imagine in my brain that we've had in a really long while. I agree. Now, with that, with that said, like in the training camp roster, we saw Markel Fultz's name. We saw Jonathan Isaac. Who do you think between the two? will have a better return from injury. Oof. Can I say both? <laughs> I can't say both. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick one, I'm going to say, man, tough one. I'm going to say J.I. I think J.I. is going to be given the keys to the team finally and said, hey, you, you are the guy. You've been here the longest, other than Terrence Ross. Um, you're the guy. You're going to be, uh, again, the guy we go to on offense. You're a leader on defense. I think you will see J.I. become that that kind of face of the franchise in a way this season. It may not be for long because Suggs could take over. But I think this upcoming season, if he is healthy, J.I. will have, I think, the most uh, impact on the team for sure. Yeah, the last, the last we saw from Jonathan Isaac was the bubble. And the little bit that we saw, like, he was mad aggressive. Like, aggressive in a way that we really you weren't expecting. We were, like, kind of taken back a little bit. And I think that even even back then, like going against the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round, like a little part of you was like, man, y'all, y'all don't want to see us in the first round. Yeah. You know, that's when we started creating this this wall for us. This is when you know we we really felt like we we had a shot to to make noise and and to kind of you know scare the Bucks a little bit. I think that we're gonna end up getting that same same mentality from Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, you know, is is jumping into training camp uh literally what a week, two weeks after he gets married. Yeah, if you need any type of of motivation, uh some rejuvenation, anything like that, my my dude, get get married in the offseason and then you know get get into training camp. That's not a bad way to run it. That's right. But I, I agree with you. I can I can definitely see Jonathan Isaac. I think that they they it, you look at all the players that we have, and I think that Jalen Suggs ends up being that guy. Um, but Jonathan Isaac, he's he's you know he's he's your most talented player. He's your number ninety five of of in the top one hundred in the NBA. So I, I I can definitely agree with you and, and think that Jonathan Isaac would would have a better return. It's just we really got to find a way for for these guys to stay healthy. Like, really got to do it. I would be okay, honestly, for for limiting their minutes for a long time before like, you really are one hundred fifty percent confident that you know we're we're surpassed the 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 rehab stage of of feeling like you know they're not going to re injure themselves. 
That's right. Now the good, the weird thing is, um, on the picture that we're seeing already, we're seeing some pictures of team workouts and stuff like that. We keep seeing Michael Falls on, with the team, no knee brace. I don't know if that means it feels that good and he's going to be part of training camp, but we don't know. We haven't heard officially from from anyone yet about their status, but definitely encouraging to see Michael Falls with the team, full uniform, no knee brace. I think that's a a good sign for all of us. Yeah. Now, my question to you is. What will it take for Coach Mosley? And I know this might be early. This might be way too early. But what would it take to guarantee that Coach Mosley makes it to the secondary contract? Like, what would we need? What would he need to accomplish to make sure that that happens? So he signed a four-year deal, right? A four-year contract with the Magic. So we're talking about now 2025, 26. So a long time from now. We're we're getting close to that that 2030. We're going to be champions pretty soon. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's consistent development, man, that you see Sucks taking the leaps that we expect him to take, that we see J.I. be a defensive player uh, of the year candidate, that we see maybe a guy like Wendell Carter take that next, that next step and become a player that is a solid contributor to our team if he stays with the team. Um, so I think we want to see that progress. But number two, in those four years, you got to make the playoffs. At the very least, at the very least, once. And it cannot be in the fourth season. It's got to be maybe next season of the year after. Um, so you got to see progress. I think so. And, and there's a lot going on. We, we're not going to go into it, but we have a lot of salary cap. We, we can kind of construct <clears> a <throat> way different team next season, right? But in my opinion, I think that's what it would take. It's development plus winning, showing. Because if it doesn't, then Penny Hardaway will be here pretty soon. We don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I, I believe that coach Mosley was literally brought in for his, his developmental skill. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would really be the major f- factor of, of, you know, kind of grading how, how well he's done, if he's successful, not successful, so on and so forth. Um, obviously you develop the players individually, you know, you, you improve an individual player, that will only impact the team. So you're improving the team. And then based on how well the team does, that will impact your record and making to the playoffs and, and whatnot. It's this trickle effect. Um, I think that primarily we need to see major improvements from the young guys. I'm not talking about Jonathan Isaac. I'm not talking about Markel Fultz. I'm really looking at Chuma, RJ, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner. Those are your main focuses. Right, Jonathan Isaac, Markel, they definitely have areas still to to grow and improve, um, but they're, in my opinion, still farther along. You can argue that Jalen Suggs is is in that caliber, but you know who knows. I think that you know they're really he's really going to be judged on on that aspect. And you again, you imagine that these players get better, you have a better talented team, then you end up making noise in the Eastern Conference and, and start working your way up. Um, but next year, I think next year is tough, bro. But again, I, I think this year we're going to make noise in the playing tournament. So that can easily transition. And you're right. Who knows what ends up happening, you know, the following offseason. We shall see. We shall see. Now, what should the Magic do prior to the NBA trade deadline? I know this is way in advance, but you start looking at like what what factors are you looking for prior to the NBA trade deadline that will you know make you make certain decisions? I think you have to be aware of what's happening in the league. 
Are there any disgruntled stars? Are there anything going on that, that can make Benson. you? No, 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 stop it. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but that's that's the big that's the biggest name. That's no, the biggest not. name. And we know that that name is not going to make it towards a trade deadline. No. He's already mentioned, Ben Simmons already mentioned that he's not going back to, to training camp. He's not going back to the Philadelphia 76ers. He will never play another game in a Sixers uniform. Yeah, should, no. Should should magic cash in? Everyone's nope. asking. Everyone's asking. Nope. It, it could not be a worse fit, in my opinion. I mean, again, a guy, a guy that can't shoot and a guy that's afraid to shoot the ball. Give me Markel Falls. At least he's able to shoot the ball. And he has the confidence to shoot it. I'm going to leave it at that. But anyone else besides Ben Simmons that comes out, would it be so again? The, so the magic end of training for Ben Simmons saying you're not you're not happy he's on the roster? I'm not, to be honest with you. You're not going to root for Ben Simmons? You have to, right? He's in Orlando you, now. But Listen, listen. You root for Andrew Wiggins. You're not going to root for Ben Simmons? I do not root for Andrew Wiggins. Um, Stephen Curry and Clay, <laughs> that's my guys. <laughs> but no, on a serious note, I mean, I think you you sit out, right? You kind of you kind of see what happens in the league. You kind of keep an eye out there. It's Bradley Beal again. The Wizards horrible, and it's Bradley Beal getting upset. Hey, we need we need a goal to score. It's not the guy we go after. Um, you look out for expiring contracts. Maybe a guy like Terrence Ross who has a year left. Uh, Gary Harris who's expiring. Can you package those guys together? So I think you're open to anything at this point. Now, what's going to dictate what we do is what happens on the court. If we are losing a ton of games and we're not being competitive or we're going to go back to the lottery, then you cash in on guys like Gary Harris, maybe Terrence Ross, and you keep acquiring picks. You keep acquiring just cap space for this offseason or maybe years down the road. Um, not what I want. I, I think we're at a point, like we said earlier, we need to start building something again. We cannot keep just hoping for the future to just magically work. Um, so that's my take. I think it all depends uh, what we decide to do, but... I think you'll see definitely either Terrence Ross or Gary Harris moved. And it all depends for what. It depends what we um what we are as a team. Yeah, we we've already been proven that literally anything can happen. We started talking smack about our front office, about how they're they're very, very passive. They really aren't uh willing to take or make risky moves. And then, you know, the the trade deadline happens and they blew everything up, completely blew our expectations, right? Anything can happen. You know, I think that, you know, it really does come down to how the season goes, what opportunities are there, because we've already, front office has already shown that they're, they're, they don't have an issue with pulling the trigger, all right? Just, they're not going to be pushovers or not. They're going to make sure that they are not the ones that are losing that deal. They're going to make sure that they are, they're the winners in every deal. And I think that from that perspective, from that perspective and, and that outlook, it's got to, it's got to make you feel a little comfortable with with the NBA front office. Yeah. All right, Al, final thoughts. Final thoughts, man. Just, uh, I'm excited for next week. We got media day coming up. We got training camp. I just want to see this team get through next week healthy. That's my biggest thing. I don't want to hear about any injuries, any rolled ankles. And no, get through healthy, go to Boston the following Monday and just show something good, man. I can't believe it's almost well, less than a week and a half before our first actual preseason game. Um, so stay healthy and just, man, battle. All these young guys go with the mindset that you can win that starting job or that backup job and fight. I want to see this team fight out there and, and just show us um, a competitive edge. Because, again, everyone's counting us out. And as fans, as our team, we can't let that affect us. Yeah, not only is Media Day on Monday, but Alan and I will be attending Media Day, uh, right. which is really exciting. Um, so hopefully we're, we're able to get some really good contact and um, con 
text from there and and um, a lot of information from that experience. So we're we're really excited for that. Um, and then that's pretty much it, man. Like literally less than a week and a half before we end up tipping off for the very first time of this brand new season, we really get to see this new era of Orlando Magic basketball. Um, and on that note, it's a wrap. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.